You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Sponsored in part by MB Subculture Comics and Costumes. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey, every peoples, it's that time again. Time for another episode of Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show that talks about pop and geek culture stuff. I'm Cody Pinnock. I'm Josh Harrison. And I'm Sam Dunham. We're saying last names now? Again? I guess we are. I awesome. Don't know. Okay, cool. Well, it's been well. a while. Yeah. Might as well. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. We have a great show for you. As always, we're going to get into some news, but first, we're going to talk about some things we've been uh, checking out. Uh, I've been hitting the Fallout 4 pretty hard, because that's the the big new thing that no one will shut up about. I Fallout expect four. nothing le- less. <laughs> yeah. um, it's pretty good. I mean, I wasn't expecting a whole... I was one of the few people that wasn't expecting a whole lot out of it, and uh, it, it's about what I... It's better than I thought, but still about the same as the last one really when you get down to it mm. which i mean fallout 3 is a good game so this is also a good game cool i like new vegas yeah new vegas i like new vegas better than three but that was a different studio was it yeah it was obsidian huh. i thought it was more true to the original games but that's yeah. neither here nor there <laughs> <laughs> um i've probably spent maybe three or four hours with it story is about as dumb as i expected unfortunately yeah so are you like ex brotherhood of steel or do you just happen to have the power armor you they just give you some freaking power armor like 20 minutes into the game that's dumb it is because in the other games you had to like fight pretty far to get the power armor it's something that you earn but it also works differently yeah i noticed there's like a like a fuel system and it's got like you have to have a fusion core to run your power armor and then it only lasts so long before you have to go park it somewhere (laughs) hmm but, like, the whole plot is that you are somebody, a pre-war guy, before the nuclear apocalypse, mm-hmm. who the vault he got selected and put in cryogenically froze him and his family. And, like, during his cryogenic freezing, he wakes up for a minute, sees somebody bust into his wife's pod, steal his kid, and shoot his wife. And then he was frozen again, and he wakes up, and everybody's dead in the vault but him for some reason and now he's got to go find his son and it's been like 200 years right something yeah. like that yep. so he's been frozen for 200 years yeah jeez at least the people like at least in the past games you were like either a person who grew up in the vault or you were someone who grew up in the wasteland yeah and was shot in the head and somehow lived <laughs> huh but it's it's just fine where's my son gotta find my son that's the story. Like, I'm sure there gets more in-depth and there's more to it, but as an overall plot line, my spouse's fridge gotta find my kid is pretty lame. It is kind of weak. Yeah. For a big AAA title like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, at least it's not super sexist fridging, because if you play as a female, your husband gets fridged. So. Yeah. But either way, it's it's I would expect more. I would hope for more. Yeah, yeah in sure. this day and age where we've got stuff like Mass Effect and The Witcher that has, you know, great storytelling with really deep characters, and mm-hmm. this just feels uninspired. Gotcha. So, how much of the game is actually set pre-war? About ten minutes. Really? Just the opening. So, like, you see your house and your robot butler, and yeah, and then you walk outside, go in the vault, and everything blows up. Yeah. Mm. How is Robot Butler? He's pretty cool. I mean, 
He'll say your name if he's not, if your name is on a list of like a thousand, a thousand names. Which my name wasn't, which is crap. Your Cody's <laughs> not on it. It is not. Really? Yeah. Weird. Sir. Yeah, that's all I get is sir. But I mean, he's pretty cool, funny. But I don't take. You can only take one companion at a time for some reason. Hmm. So I took the dog. Uh, okay. Oh, dog meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the combat's mostly the same. Like, exactly the same, but I like bats a lot, so that's okay. Um, you can charge up, but there's a crit meter. After you use vats so many times, you can unleash an instant crit, which Jeez. is pretty cool. Cool. Explosion. Um, the weapons are neat. There's a lot of, like, like found object weapons. Instead of everybody, for some reason, having regular guns like they had in 3, there's a lot of guns built out of pipes. <laughs> oh, right on. <laughs> yeah, which is more accurate and cooler. Yeah. Pipe rifle. The the crafting is cool. You can customize all your guns, put different, you know, grips and sights and barrels and crap on them. Cool. Stickers. Unfortunately, Hats. no stickers. No, no stickers. You can't yeah. put a lightning bolt stick on, sticker on it, make it go faster. You should be able to. <laughs> okay, gun hats. <laughs> gun hats, yeah. The, the crafting is pretty cool. I mean, you got to find materials, which you can get by from scrapping you know, all the garbage that's laying around or finding garbage. Yeah. A lot I mean, of it is a garbage. world of garbage. Yeah. I didn't think I'd mess with it, but I actually did build a little house. <laughs> it was neat. Oh, that's cool. Um, do they still have uh, the thing where you can put it like in pure like role-playing mode where you have to like drink water and eat food and sleep every so often? Or? I don't know. I didn't look. I think only New Vegas had that. Oh, they? yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you... I don't know if they put that in this one or not. They should have. Because that's cool. It was cool, and it's also really hard. Yeah. Also, you end up drinking out of a lot of toilets. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, not, get... and not drinking soda, because it will dehydrate and kill you. Hmm. Like I got a lot of radiation poisoning for just from stuff, which didn't seem to happen as much <laughs> in the last game. I don't know what that's about, but you know, you want to have your rad away handy. <laughs> Let's see what else was in it. The character customizer is pretty cool. Also, there's an oddly large amount of skin conditions you can slap onto your character. Yeah, I was watching a Let's Play of that, and they, like, uh, well, they put on, like, all of the skin conditions. <laughs> it's weird. There's just, like, so many burns and weird and markings and scars. scars. and pockmarks and, yeah. yeah. Jeez. Which makes more sense post-apocalypse than it does pre. Yeah. Well, you're just a really ugly dude who somehow... Got a wife and kid. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going around telling everybody his son's still a baby, and it's like, I doubt it. Yeah. There's no way. Like, that baby was, was taken out of there 20 years before you woke up, I'm sure. Yeah. It's going to be it's gonna be the last person you expect is your son. Oh, of course. You a... accidentally kill him in a reverse <laughs> Oedipus kind of way. <laughs> he's a super mutant. King oh, of the super God. mutants. <laughs> I, I don't no, know. No, he's a he's a um oh god, what were the uh the 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 really smart um highly intelligent radiation zombies? Oh, the ghouls. The yeah, ghouls. he's a ghoul. <laughs> Not the feral ones, the ones that call you a uh, smooth skin. Yes, yeah, smooth skin. <laughs> Apparently they live really long. I oh yeah, they do. That. They live like 200 years or so. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, it's nuts. There's pre-war like, ghouls. Yeah, they remember <laughs> they remember the world before the war. But they may not remember like their original name or their family or anything like that. Interesting. And then there's like the blight ghouls that grow like that glow green with radiation. Yeah. <laughs> the Boston setting is pretty cool. There's a whole town that's been built inside of Fenway Park. That's the baseball 
Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside of it's called Diamond City. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and you, you get to paint the wall. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> there's a guy. They they kind almost worship the wall because it protects them from the zombies. And he, there's a guy that sends you on a quest to get green paint to paint the the big green monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Thematically, the setting works. Yeah. I thought I saw in one of the clips before the game came out was like you might see like DC again. Huh. There's like a like a like a shot of like uh the, the Washington Monument kind of like real quick. Hmm. I was like, I thought that was the setting in three. I mean, why would you go back? Unless you're gonna get, you know, Liberty Prime back again. That'd be cool. Liberty hmm. Prime was the best. <laughs> I loved all his uh anti communist like one liners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they they do a great job building this world and filling it with little details and fun stuff to explore. It's just mm-hmm. too bad that the story on top of that is you know, so like, like you said, it might get deeper. Yeah. I mean, it is a Bethesda role playing game. Well, that's why it probably won't get that much deeper. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 I put on Facebook, like, their stories are never that in depth. I mean, three was Where's My Dad? There's My Liam Dad. Liam Neeson? <laughs> yeah. Where's Liam Neeson? There's Liam Neeson. Now he's dead. Now I'm dead. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Oblivion's like, We got to close these holes. There's bad portals, got to close them up. (laughs) And like Skyrim's like, there's dragons. There's one big bad one. Yeah. Got to kill those dragons. And there's a civil war. I'll say I only played er, Skyrim for maybe three or four hours. Yeah, I played a lot. I'm like, I've tread this ground. It's (laughs) awfully similar to Oblivion. It is. It is. My number one complaint about Bethesda games that they actually did fix is whenever you talk to somebody in like Skyrim or Fallout, the camera just like kind of locks on their face, mm-hmm. and it's just like the most boring cinematography you can imagine, and they just kind of stand there and robotic, then robot at you, <laughs> and you never talk to like more than one person at a time, like ever. Yeah, they they're actually there's a dynamic dynamic camera angles now. Oh, that's good. Which. It's like robot cinematography. Like they didn't like intelligently set out all kinds of camera angles and cut scenes for this stuff, but the computer does a pretty good job of making it not look like yeah something's lame. better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I always hated. Like you, just, you just sit there, you go talk to somebody, and they're just like staring at you. And it's got that uncanny valley thing going on where they're like they ha- you you could tell they have no soul. Yeah, they're just talking to you, and it's like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm depositing exposition for you <laughs> i'm going to tell you to go get something and bring it back to me please don't steal my stuff yeah don't put a basket on my head <laughs> don't put a grenade in my pocket <laughs> uh, i always love that you can do that you can reverse pickpocket a grenade into people's pockets. oh that's great <laughs> <laughs> oh man um the voice acting for the main character is good, and it's better than weird silence every time you make a dialogue choice. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, the voice acting's good, and he sounds kind of weirdly like John Hamm. Oh, nice. I'm fine uh, with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about the female character. I haven't rolled a female character yet, but I'm sure it's good. I don't know if it's like Mass Effect, where the female voice acting is leaps and bounds better than the male character's voice acting. Well, but. This is my my favorite shop on the station. <laughs> God, I want a new Mass Effect. I heard they were supposed to be making one. Yeah, they are. It won't come out till like next year, 
And they released actually released a video on the seventh, but it didn't really show anything. It was more like it was a video where Commander Shepard was kind of passing the torch to whoever is next. The new character, yeah. yeah. Mass Effect point five. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I've talked a lot about Fallout Four. I mean, it's it fine. is the big thing yeah, this week. It is the big one. Yeah. Until next week. It's it's not going to change your life. It's not the holy gift from the gods, most amazing game ever made. But it's a fun game, and you know, if you like the other ones, you'll definitely really like this one. I mean, I could sit down and play it for hours. Yeah. <laughs> 50s futuristic radiation wasteland. Oh, but all the songs are almost the same, though. Well. As three. They didn't add a whole lot of new, like, 50s songs. Hmm. It's the same stuff over and over. There's like six songs. Maybe it's a shallow pool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's another radio station somewhere else, but I'm already tired of hearing Butcher Pete again. <laughs> uh, well, I've been checking out a couple of things. Um, really, just the big one I want to talk about is uh, I got to see the uh, Peanuts movie over the weekend. Cool. And uh, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, I was uh, really worried about it, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I was I was kind of leery, too. Yeah, the peanuts are important. Yeah, they're very important. And that movie hit every single high note and memorable bit from the strips, the movies, the specials, everything. If there's a peanuts-like trope you can think of, it's in there. Schroeder's playing his piano all the time with Beethoven. You have um, the Red Baron stuff. You have Joe Cool. You have the uh, the football gag. You have the little red-haired girl, which is actually the main plot of the movie. You have the uh, baseball field, the kite-eating tree. There's a after-credit scene with, well, mid-credit scene with Snoopy and all of his cousins, like Spike <laughs> and Olaf and all of them. You know what? You remember a lot more of the Peanuts than I do. I love Peanuts. It's great. <laughs> you know, you have Linus and his blanket. You have the uh, the dance sequence like from the Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, nice. Yeah. A lot of pig pen. There's actually a lot of pig pen jokes. Huh. There's one in particular where he gets caught like in a rainstorm or something. He's talking to someone and he gets like the, the dust cloud gets washed away temporarily. And they go, I'm sorry, do I know you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, like every single trope you can think of. Marcy calling Peppermint Patty, sir. You have the teachers going, or all the adults going, wah, 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 wah. And they actually use the name. I can't think of the name, the teacher's name, but they use the teacher's name from the strip huh. for that. Huh. Um, all of the actors were kids. All the voice actors were children. That's good. Which is something that they kept from the original yeah. specials. The only celebrity guest voice is Kristen Chenoweth, who plays a French poodle in a Red Baron dream sequence. And she doesn't talk. She just does the <laughs> like like Snoopy. Huh. Oh, speaking of Snoopy, the voice that they have from him is actually Bill Mendelson, who was a um, uh, artist from the original things. They used sound clips from the original specials, so all of Snoopy's voice are taken from the different specials huh. that he voiced, which is really cool. The early part of the movie. They it watches almost like you're reading the strips. They're like little segmented kind of bits. 
Like, like mini-stories into mini-stories? Vignettes? Yeah, they're vignettes, but they all have a main through line of Charlie Brown being too nervous and sheepish and wishy-washy to talk to the little red-haired girl who just moved into the neighborhood. Okay. They did uh, speed up the animation a little bit. Like, there's a little bit more slaps, just a hair bit more slapstick, and things happen just a little bit quicker. But I think that's more to kind of appease the kids that don't know the original. But it's really good. It's, it just... I don't know what else to say about it. It's really good. And they've come out and said that they are not going to do a sequel. They are, huh. It's a one and done. And that's it. They implemented uh, 2D animation into it. And there's a nice real big tribute to Schultz at the, at the very end. The 3D animation for everything that's not the Bread Baron dream sequences looks... It's 3D, but it looks very flat. So it looks like the strip just okay. kind of popped out. It's almost like 2.5D yeah. kind of. The uh, Red Baron strip uh, dream sequences, and there's multiples of those, uh, are full 3D. But I think that works because, you know, you, He's airplanes and, yeah. and airplanes in France and all that stuff. Yeah. Just really good. I don't know what else to say. It's really good. They gave Franklin just about every line that isn't said by a main cast member. They're like, we need, some, we need to say something to get the plot moving along. They gave it to Franklin <laughs> because he's the only he's the only black character in the cast. So yeah. they're like, we're going to give him all of the essential, but not, you know, main cast lines here. Take them. Just so you're in the movie. Yeah. Pretty much. But, uh, one of the, one of the specials, he raps. Ah, uh, see, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. It was real bad. See, that's really bad. Was, I think it's one of the ones from the eighties or something, but yeah. it was, it was real bad, but yeah. I'm glad that he doesn't rap in this. Film. Yeah. Oh, speaking of like, uh, Years and stuff. The movie's set in the 50s. I was really worried they're going to be given, like, Lucius' uh, smartphone or yeah. any, uh, stuff like that. No. With the exception of one song that was done by Megan Trainer during a, um, a school dance, and it's really quick, everything is set in the 50s. You have the old rotary phones. You have, you know, kids go outside and play and that <laughs> kind of stuff. It worked. It was it sounds like they were actually respectful of the source material. Yeah, and a lot of that comes down to uh, Schultz's two sons were the uh, main screenwriters for this. Well, that's good. And yeah, they they did it right. I have to hand it to them. They did it right. Well, um, I didn't do much. Uh, but the only thing I really did is I went and saw Crimson Peak. Oh, is that any good? That is not. That is kind of telling. Okay, well... It's very pretty. Okay. Uh, the cinematography is really interesting, and uh, it's got a lot of contrasting colors and stuff. The story is kind of predictable. Mm. Um, I would definitely say it's probably one of uh, one one of Del Toro's weaker films. Ah, uh, that's right. That's right. This is a Guillermo Del Toro. Yeah, it's got a rated R, but for most of the movie, there isn't a whole lot of rated R stuff. Mm. I mean, there's a couple. Like, there's a really violent uh, scene kind of about a third of the way through the movie where uh, the main girl's dad gets his head bashed into a sink. Jeez. Oof. It's pretty brutal. That sounds like it. Um, and it's it was weird. Like, Steph was sitting there, and he's like, it's like, where do I know this guy from? Where do I know this guy from? And it was uh, the guy who plays Bobby from Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hiddleston's really good. Of course, he's... Tom Hiddleston. He's going to be good. Yeah. Um, like I said, there's a lot of crazy color stuff. The ghosts in the in the story 
um, are legitimately creepy because they're not just like ethereal people. They're like ethereal corpses. Oh. Yeah. Like, this is what their body looks like now, and their spirit has animated that. Ooh, ghost zombies. Yeah, and it's it's legitimately creepy. Nice. Um, How's our boy Doug Jones? He's in that? Yeah. Fr- friend of the show, Doug Jones? Yeah. yeah. I figured if it's a Del Toro movie, I guess he should. I, I don't remember seeing him in the movie. No, he's probably had a ton of makeup, monster makeup. More on. than likely. <laughs> All the ghosts are women. I think, I think he played a female ghost. I don't know. Uh, was there one with like really weird, creepy fingers? Yes. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, that would have been. Um, well, they all kind of like that. Um, maybe he played all the ghosts. Maybe, very well maybe, because there's a part in the beginning of the movie where the girl's talking about the first time she ever saw ghosts, and it was her dead mom who died of like black cholera or something like that, and uh, it shows her spirit, and it's it's legitimately creepy. She's got like long ass fingers, and she does the the finger wrapping thing around her arm. Ooh, that might be Doug Jones there. <laughs> yeah, um, Doug Jones plays Edith's mother slash Lady Sharp. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the ghost in the beginning of the movie. There you go. Uh. Yeah. It's legitimately creepy. Um. Like she's black, and when she comes through like walls and stuff, it like seeps blackness. And when she grabbed her daughter on the arm. Like it left like a black stain on her shirt. Oof! It, it, it seriously, the ghost really creeped me out. There's like one part where this, uh, when she's in the house, like the 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 Crimson Peak house, um, the ghosts are all red because mm-hmm. they're I guess they're buried in the ground or something, and it's all like red clay. Okay. And um. So wait, was this house built on an Indian burial ground? No, it's a, a equivalent. No, it's a clay mine. But the house was built on top of a bunch of graves. Was it built in a mine where a bunch of people died? It's where a bunch of people were murdered. Ah, yeah, well, there it's you go. pretty much the same concept. Well, a, yeah. bunch of, a bunch of women were murdered. But uh, there's one part where the girl's walking around the house and she's hearing something. And all of a sudden you see this in the middle of this long... There's a lot of long hallway shots. Mm. Almost like, like, like taking pages out of common nightmares. And, uh, and this ghost is coming out of the floor almost like it's crawling out of the grave. And it's all like screaming and shrieking and like contorting and oh, like oh. like kind of clawing its way across the floor at her and it's kind of skeletal oh nice and ooh, it's it's a like i said it's a very visually striking movie um there is one part where i go like i was like like ooh, ooh, real bad and it's when i i don't know if i want to spoil it um something very violent happens to somebody with a knife in the face oh oof Yowza. Like it's a like a like a long kitchen knife and Ooh. stabbed in their face, into their cheekbone, like right under their eye. Ooh. And then like they're like they stumble back and like their eyes starting to turn kind of red. And yeah. they're pulling it out and it's real slow and oh. you can hear the metal scraping on the bone. Oh. Yeah, no thanks. No thank you. It's like Ugh. I was saying I was like, oh god. And there's like Somebody like like two rows ahead of me, you're going, oh god. There's <laughs> uh, like that, and like a little bit of language, and I guess a little bit of um, content. I guess would give it its R rated R rating because mm-hmm. there's like a kind of a really uh, kind of a um, very taboo thing in the movie. Okay. Huh. Um. Oh, and you get to see Tom Hiddleston's butt <laughs> for like half a second. 
So I'm sure a lot of people will enjoy that. Well, rated, Tumblr loved that, I, yeah, I bet. Rated R for Hiddleston butt. <laughs> Loki buns. <laughs> but, uh, like I said, it's very... Like, the way the colors and the cinematography went, It's it was almost... Um, Almost like Tim Burton in a way, mm. like he kind of took like a page out of a Burton film, uh, with the way like like there's a lot of snow, and then there's a lot of red. Huh. Ah, okay. And like they they clash with each other really bad, right? Uh, especially at the area where this house is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the ho- colors, I thought Suspiria. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm glad I saw it, but I don't think I'd I don't think I'd buy it. I mean, I definitely would rent it, just to, you know, watch it. But I wouldn't say it's a. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like you know, you you have to own it kind of movie. Gotcha. See it on Tuesday, half price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, or you know, Redbox it. <laughs> oh, yeah. there you go. Redbox. Uh, Crimson box. <laughs> Crimson container. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's go ahead and take a break here, and when we get back, we'll talk about some uh, news, newsy news. Nerd Overload is sponsored in part by MB Subculture Comics and Costumes. MB Subculture is the one-stop shop for all your geeky needs, from comics and collectibles to unique custom costumes, masks, makeup, and more. MB Subculture is located at 127 South Sandusky Avenue in downtown Bucyrus, 419-562-0404, and online at subcultureoh.com. Hey, this is Doug Jones, and you are listening to Nerd Overload, and I'm kind of overloaded with nerddom. You can now find WZMO anywhere there's an internet connection. You can listen to our stream at WZMOFM.com or find us on TuneIn.com. Just search WZMO. In the not-too-distant future... So we're back. That was the love theme from Mystery Science Theater 3000 by Man or Astro Man. I love that cover. <laughs> Is there any reason why you happen to pick that particular song? <laughs> it's a funny thing you asked that. Of course there is a reason I picked that song. It's because Mystery Science Theater might be coming back. Commence flailing arms. Yeah. Yay! Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, it came out of nowhere, really. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Well, Tuesday. Tuesday? Yeah. I think it was Tuesday. I think yeah. it was Tuesday. 
there was a Kickstarter started by Joel Hodgson, the original creator of Mystery Science Theater, saying that uh, they finally got the rights back to it and they want to do a few more episodes and they are crowdsourcing. Because why not? Because, yeah, you know. Yeah. People will give you money for it. Yeah, I mean, it has been, what, 15 years? I think. Since the show went off the air? Like, completely? Mm -hmm. Maybe 16. It was 1999. It was. It didn't make the crossover to the new millennium. Yeah, and, you know, people for years, for years have been saying they need to bring it back in some form or another. Well, there was kind of, there was Rift Tracks. There's Rift Tracks, which was done by um, Mike Nelson, uh, Tom Corbett, and Kevin Kevin Murphy, Murphy, who... Pretty much were the back half of the Mystery Science Theater run once Joel left. Yeah. Although Mike was a writer. Yeah, the, for the, pretty for the much entire the whole run. time, yeah. Uh, and then the uh, Joel and uh, his crew tried Cinematic Titanic for a while, which, to varying success, we actually saw them live. Yeah, it was that really one time. great. That was really good. That was, God, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Wow. I see, you guys were like still in college, weren't you? Yep. Yeah. That was a very long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there have been, you know, other t- forms of riffing here and there. And, you know, it's it's been copied a lot. Because I was about to say, we riff all the time when we go to, like, bad movie nights and stuff. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's kind of the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the original, the the first, they might be coming back. I know. Like, I'm super excited about it. I'm pretty sure pretty much anybody who has a soul is yeah. excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I was like. Like, my father-in-law loves Mystery Science Theater 3000. Does he know about the Kickstarter? I don't know. I think I shared it, but I don't know if he. I don't know if he's actually. He hasn't commented on it yet. Well, they need all the help they can get. Yeah, I doubt he would give them money. Yeah, see, that's, that's. I think that's kind of the problem they're running into, a little bit, because they asked for two million dollars, which is yeah, no small sum. That's no small sum. But no, they they they're, make a they're real over show. halfway there though. Yeah, yeah. they're uh, just about uh, three quarters of the way there for that, and that's to make three episodes. Their actual goal. They want 5.5 because they want to do a full season of 12 episodes. Yeah. And the idea behind it is if they can fund it and do the episodes, they might be able to shop it around to uh, either a TV network or a streaming service. To I, think, try I, to think, get. I think Netflix would eat it up. I that's don't understand right. why they haven't, why Netflix hasn't picked it up yet. Yeah, that's what I said because I think a lot of the younger people who know the show or watch, watch it on, on Netflix. Yeah, when it was on Netflix. Yeah. But I mean, it's, I'll be honest. The campaign's going a little slower than I thought. Yeah, I figured it would have been funded that like that, that first day. day. Yeah, <laughs> for for all the talk that the Misty fans are, you know, have. talk. Yeah. It yeah. I mean, we're three days into it, and I mean, they still have twenty nine days to yeah. go. So it's, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna happen. We're gonna get yeah at least the three episodes, but I really want that whole season. I really do too. I mean, Grow. I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna give them some cash when I figure out what tier I exactly want to do and how much I can give them. Yeah. What do what what are the what are the what are the the backer goal or the, backer uh, rewards? Backer rewards. Let's see. Let's just go down them super quick. Uh, Ten dollars. You just um, well, one of the things is you give any amount of money, you get to be included in the new uh, Mystery Science Theater Information Club because back when the show was originally on, they had like the club cards and yeah, all that yeah. and all that stuff. Well, you can give a dollar, and they'll you get a print out uh, printable card. And like backer, like behind the scenes yeah. stuff. Uh, Ten dollars. Um, oh, for you get the card for a dollar. Uh, Ten dollars, you get the exclusive info and yeah. updates and stuff. So that's cool. Uh, Twenty-five. Let's see. You get um, you get to live stream the first episode, 
when it hits the internet. I think Woo. they're probably going to sell them for like ten bucks a pop when they actually come out. Yeah, which I mean, it's it's fair. Yeah, that's about it's a full movie. It's a two hour long show. Yeah, it's that that's absolutely fair. Uh, thirty five is um a digital download of the first episode, so you get to own it, put it on a DVD, do whatever you want with it. Uh, fifty is a T-shirt, and everything that you buy, every tier you get is you uh, get all the past you get tiers all the too. past tiers with it. So fifty is a T-shirt, seventy five is a mug, and collectible postcards that you can frame. They're four by six, so you can put them up on the wall. Hundred dollars is all of the episodes downloadable, which is really cool. Plus, and a key ch- and a keychain. Yeah. And the mug and, and the, the mug and t-shirt and all that other stuff. It's not like we're doing an NPR fun drive. Uh, yeah, right. I know <laughs> it does. Uh, let's see. Uh, you get a poster for 150. Uh, Blu-rays, Blu-rays of the entire season for 200. It seems steep, but remember, you're not buying a product. You're funding a thing existing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they get patches and stuff for 250 plus everything else. Yeah, from there it gets. It gets kind of yeah. crazy there. From there, you you know you can be in an episode. You can write your own secret riff that no one understands except for you and your buddies. Yeah, you can you can get a crow or servo puppet used in an episode. That's really cool. Oh. But it's like super expensive. It's crazy expensive. Like oh. if I was gonna throw a whole bunch of money at a Kickstarter, if I had like thousands of dollars to blow, this is this would be the one. That yeah, I would do this that would on. be. I agree. Um, but yeah, they're about, well, right now they're just, they're just shy of 600,000 away from getting the initial three episodes done. And that's really, that's really the the big push right now. I yeah. think, I, I think any amount of new episodes of mystery science theater is fantastic. Yeah. Anything is good. Yeah. And, uh, it's produced by Joel, but it's not going to be hosted by him. Yeah. That's kind of the catch is that yeah. it's new. It's a new cast, mm-hmm. which Joel says was kind of the intent all along. But nobody realizes it because it only happening one time isn't a pattern. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and you were telling me you think it might be... Um... I, th- yeah, I think it's Jonah Ray from Nerdist stuff, and the, he's a comedian. Yeah. You've probably seen him in something. Which, I mean, well, he did a bunch of Expedia commercials, didn't he? There for yeah. a while. And he with did that big tall guy with the Microsoft glasses. Too. Microsoft, Microsoft, yeah. Um. It's a really good fit. I've never been a huge fan of Jonah Ray. I don't know if maybe the TV show act of Jonah Ray might win me over. Yeah. I've just never, I don't, and I don't know what it is. I don't know <laughs> what it is. I just, for whatever reason, I just, the guys always kind of rub me the wrong way. Yeah, I, I've always liked Jonah Ray. Yeah. See, I don't know. But like I said. Yeah, I, I read on Reddit that the voices that you hear in the Kickstarter video are the actual new people. And okay. that guy sounds an awful lot like he Jonah Ray. He does sound a lot like Jonah Ray. <laughs> and the voices for the bots, while they're not exact, they're close. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Servo sounds a lot different. Crow is almost the same. Servo actually sounds like first season Servo. Yeah. When it was J. Elvis Weinstein. Yeah. Although which, it's not him no. doing the voice, which is kind of a shame. Which I actually, I kind of prefer, what is it, Kevin Murphy? I like Kevin Murphy a lot. Yeah, I, I thought he was a better... Well, for nine out of the ten seasons, he yeah, was. Well, yeah. He was, yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. I feel the other way about Crow. I think Trace... I think I Trace... Like Trace I like Trace Crow. a lot better as well. Although I like Tom Corbett as well. Yeah. I mean, he's fine. 
but it's gonna be a new mad and from the silhouette that they have it looks like maybe it's a lady yeah that would be cool good because pearl was always pearl was great yeah pearl was great i mean i love dr forrester but i think maybe i like pearl better yeah as long as we get at least a little tease, at least, you know, it's weird and it's weird for me to think this, but as long as there's like a little bit of continuity from the older, like pre-show. Oh, I'm, I'm sure there will be. They'll explain why there's a new guy. Yeah. I mean, Joel have a cameo. Oh, of course. And he said anybody that was on the original show is invited to come back. But everybody that was in the original show has been saying, you know, nobody's talked to me about it. So... Huh. We'll see what happens there. I yeah. don't know. I doubt very seriously we're going to see any of the Rift Tracks guys on it. Although they're selling Mystery Science Theater episodes on Rift Tracks now. Yeah. It's kind of weird how the rights are all over the place for Mystery Science Theater, yeah. it seems. Well, when you kind of think about it, there's a lot of just a lot of weirdness all with the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Got all these hands in the pot, and then you got like the, the, the payment rights to, to even show the movies, because I don't think they were all... Uh, what's that word? Public domain. No, Public, they're not. No, they're yeah, not. they paid for the rights. To yeah, Ottawa. yeah. I mean, come on, they had, like Gamera and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's like some on YouTube. There's some on Netflix. There's some on Rift Tracks now. It's yeah. just kind of all again. It's all over the place. And have you noticed there's uh, Best Brains Incorporated is nowhere to be found anywhere on the uh, page because huh, they were the ones holding on to the rights for all. Yeah, that because time. I think I think the guy's name is Jim Mallon. He was yeah. the voice of Gypsy. I think he was the one that was like, because he he and Joel co-created the show. He came up with the idea, and I think Malin for has kind of just been holding on to the rights for this long, and they finally like bought him out or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think it had something to do with Shout Factory. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And it's interesting that they picked now as the time to launch this Kickstarter because what's right in the center, like what's smack in the middle of their campaign, Thanksgiving. Which is a big day for Mystery Science Theater. Because this will be the third year in a row that they've aired, you know, a marathon hearkening back to the original series when they would yeah. do Thanksgiving marathons the on original, Comedy Central. The original show premiered on Thanksgiving that's Day. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and this, this Turkey Day marathon is going to be a big deal. I'll bet we see the new people in costume. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I bet we will. It's, it's going to be something to watch. Uh, yeah. And it's free. Yeah. At least that part is free. Boot. So I'm excited. I'm ready for it. I, I'm i ready for at least three episodes. Looks yeah. like we're going to get them. I'm hoping for 12. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Why could, if only they would have been able to do it sooner when Kickstarter was newer and everybody was throwing money at everything without thinking about that's it. That's kind of, yeah. That's kind of the other thing yeah. I'm thinking of. Yeah, back when a dude could make uh, potato salad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they actually joke about that in, in the uh, video. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, they, they say, you know... You kickstarted everything from, you know, games to movies to TV shows, and I think it was either Crow or Servigo and Potato Salad. <laughs> that was a dude in Columbus too. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, that was weird. Yeah. And dumb. Why didn't I think about that? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't one of us? It's do a it? terrible idea, and we should have been on it first. Yeah. <laughs> we're the kings. Of, we're the kings of bad ideas. <laughs> Okay, uh, moving on from that, I don't know. Where do you want to go from there? Do you want to talk about the... Let's let's keep going on the nostalgia ride that we're going on. (laughs) Sure. There's a lot of nostalgia on this list. The Nintendo PlayStation. Sure, yeah. We talked about this a while back, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, when it was found. found. (laughs) Yeah, they found a Nintendo PlayStation, which sounds like a weird made-up thing. 
But it's not. But it's not, yeah. Right before the PlayStation was the thing, Sony struck a deal with Nintendo to make a CD add-on for the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. which ultimately failed and changed the course of history as we know it. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they actually they got it working, and it, it plays Super Nintendo games. Yeah, the disk drive doesn't work. So. Yeah, so... There's no, like, secret missing CD Mario game in there. That would have been awesome, though. Yeah. (laughs) Or Uh, terrible. Or, like, a super beta of Super Mario 64 that looks like Star Fox or something. Probably, (laughs) yeah. Oh, God, all those polygons. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, I'm just glad to know that it works and glad to know that it was a legitimate prototype and not someone who you know got bored over the weekend and built one yeah. and tried to pass it off as a hoax i'm i'm happy about that that's cool and what you said they they x-rayed it and they, it they did like... x-ray it and it looked like they had serial numbers uh the serial number two so it might have been the second one the second prototype built which is cool because i think they they said they built only like it's either 20 or 200 of them as prototypes. I don't think they would have built 200. I don't think they would have yeah. built. That seems not, like a lot. Not, yeah. not for a prototype run. Yeah. yeah. One of them would have, there would have been more found by now if there was True. 200. Well, then it must have been 20 that I read. So, yeah, 20 of them. That's. I thought I read somewhere like maybe five. No, it was a little more than that because they took them to that E3 that oh. year. Oh, yeah. The rest of them were probably in a landfill somewhere. More than likely. With all the e- Atari ET games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you remember how they found, how that guy found it? It was like his dad's, wasn't his, it? Yeah, his, his dad's dad, attic. Yeah, it was in his dad's attic. His dad worked for a... Um, Sony. No, he didn't work for Sony. It was a company that um, cleared out uh, old buildings. And he was clearing out a building that was used to be owned by one of the higher-ups that had worked previously for Sony around the time that the deal was struck. This Olaf Olafson, I think his name was. Sounds like is, a fake name. It's a great name. It's a great <laughs> name. But yeah, the, he was like clearing out a building that wasn't owned by Sony, but was owned by a guy who used to work for Sony and it was just left there. And he's like, Hey, that looks like a Nintendo. I'm going to take that home. Yeah, they, they auctioned it and he paid like 50 bucks. Oh, that's it. it. Yeah, that's right. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 50 bucks for something that, it's probably priceless. I mean, it he could sell it on eBay and make probably millions of dollars. Or put it in a museum. Yeah. I would rather it's what, go to really, a museum. Yeah, it should it be belongs in a museum. In a museum. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is definitely a part of... I mean, I know it's not... To some people, it's not an important history, but it's video game history. And that's a huge part of the world now. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's like this one thing that was a, a changing point for the video game industry as a whole. Yeah. Like, if this would have happened, there would be no PlayStation and video games would be completely different. Sony did a lot to make video games cool and more mainstream. Yeah. And we would have never really have gotten that or we would have gotten that with a Nintendo mix and it would have been weird and different. (laughs) We would have never gotten a 64 and who knows, maybe Nintendo would be where Sony's at or the PlayStation's at. Maybe Nintendo would have still been on top. They They would have transferred to... The disc system sooner, sooner, sooner yeah. Than the we would have never probably never gotten a GameCube. Yeah, I mean they would have went straight to DVD instead of those mini discs. Yeah, wild. It's wild to think about. And what I think about sometimes is if uh, Sega's marketing department would have been better, how different the landscape would have been then. Their marketing department was pretty good. 
I don't know, man. They brought the systems out later than everyone else and way more expensive than anyone else. Yet their technology was far superior. I thought you meant like ads, like marketing no, ads. No, no, no. Because they were no. really good at yeah. No, yeah. no, I, I remember those. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like in the, 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 the global landscape of when they when they release things. That and if they would have, if their U.S. offices would have worked better with their Japanese ones. Oh, yeah. Because it was like they're in constant competition from what I've read. Yeah. Which is dumb. I mean, it <laughs> is dumb. I mean, Nintendo is hand in hand with their people. And it's like, I mean, looking back on it, like the Dreamcast graphically was far better than the place, the, the original Sony PlayStation. It had four-player connectivity straight out of the box. It has a lot of great games. Yeah, it's, a it's lot of one, great games. It's one of the best systems ever made, I yeah, feel like. Yeah, it was yeah. incredibly powerful. Uh, it was innovative. I mean, it had the VMU memory card. It had and, internet stuff before yeah. that was the norm. Yeah, it had yeah, right. internet stuff. I mean, it was a great system. And I remember the commercials for it. It's thinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was great. Uh, the Game Gear was an amazing handheld. It was a full-color handheld. It ate batteries. Oh, my it, God. Oh, yes, yes. That and the Nomad. The Sega Nomad, which played Genesis games on the go. God, six, for 20 minutes at a time. <laughs> six AA batteries, and it would play for like a half hour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't but efficient. what a glorious half hour that was. Oh, I know. I know. But like, yeah, it, it, inefficient is, is all get out. Mm. But but you pop an AC adapter in that thing. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, like I said, but technology-wise, they were so far ahead. And now they make crappy Sonic games that no one cares about. That they they later have to apologize for. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just want to go back in time and like... Fix it. (laughs) Ghosts ghosts of Christmas future for Sega. Like, this could be you! I I would rather have a Sega, Sony, and Nintendo than a Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft really... It doesn't seem to fit with the other two. No. Because they're a computer company. And they they always want to change their focus all the time. Like, sometimes it's like, oh, we're for gamers. It's gamers making games for gamers. But then, like, the next four years, they're like, oh, it's a multimedia uh, device for your TV that runs through your cable box. And does movies and everything. It's your multimedia center for the whole family. Connect. It's they're they're. <laughs> it's like the. It's like they got ADD with it. Yeah. It's like oh yeah the connect the connect the connect is the future connect is future. The, they, yeah, the Xbox One doesn't work without the connect. You'd never want to separate the two. No. Yeah. No. And you know what? They hardly didn't do anything with yeah, it. Yeah. Then six months later, they sell the Xbox without the connect in it. Yeah. Hmm. As soon as they're not in the lead anymore and Sony takes the jump ahead, they cut the connect. Yeah. So they can sell it for 50 bucks cheaper. <laughs> it's, it's it's dumb. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are lots of Microsoft games I've enjoyed. And I hate the fact that they bought Rare. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Rare. I mean, that's a, that's a really bitter pill yeah. to swallow. Yeah. Rare's gone downhill very fast since Microsoft bought them. But then again, a lot of the guys that made Rare what it was aren't there anymore. So. No. Right. Honestly, though, there was the big there was the big developer crash of like was uh, two years ago or whatever right. when all those developers closed their doors because like the economy took a crap. Oh, a lot of Japanese developers have vanished. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but a lot of a lot of U.S. and and uh, other other ones too, like uh, uh, the studio that made Ella Noir gone. Yeah, well, that was a lot of mismanagement. Well, that, there was yeah, yeah that too. I mean, they weren't <laughs> paying people and they were like working them beyond what labor laws allowed in Australia. 
it was that not. game was so good though. Eleanor is an excellent game. It is. It was, I so, would really like it if Rockstar would make a sequel. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think. I don't think they'd be able to ca- capture lightning twice. But yeah, but that's like I said. The video game landscape is weird. I mean, originally it was just arcade cabinets, and then they kind of branched out into homes, but they weren't really there. Nintendo came out and it took the world by storm. Well, yeah. first Japan by storm, and then we kind of got on it. And just so on and so forth. And then we're living in the landscape now where video games is such a part of everything. Like, I remember when a video game section of a store used to be really small. And now they're... Yeah, it's huge. It's yeah. huge. It's a whole yeah. section. Well, it's a billion dollar, more than billion, multi-billion dollar industry now. It's, yeah. And they're more accepted by society. People play video games like they want, go watch a movie now. Yeah. Yeah, look at uh, look at all those stupid apps on the phones. Yeah, all those Candy Crush knockoffs or and everything. Grand Theft Auto. Well, recently, Activision bought Candy Crush for more money than Disney bought Star Wars for. That's insane. It's like five point <laughs> nine billion dollars or something. That's that's insane. Which is I can't ridiculous understand because because yeah. anybody can make Candy Crush. Yeah, yeah. All it is I mean, is bejeweled. Yeah, one of the like if you take an online class to learn how to make apps. They'll teach you how to make a match three game. It's basic stuff. Yeah. I mean, they basically bought it for the name, but I mean, even at this point, isn't the world kind of over Candy Crush? I think so. I don't know of anybody who plays it. No. But I know a billion people that play a billion different games just like it. Yeah. Then, then again, I've pretty much blocked everyone who's tried to send me <laughs> Candy Crush. <laughs> I've yeah. never played it. No, I refuse. Yeah, I won't do it. I mean, like, if I want to play a match three game, there's a bunch of other a ones I'd rather them. play. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, hey, we've uh, we're just about out of time. Let's get through these last couple real quick uh, news articles real quick because we have like five minutes, and you know, yeah. Yeah. these will go, these will go Remember quick. Remember when you were a kid on on the playground at recess, jumping off stuff and punching the air, always and pretending to be a Power Ranger. Kid at recess? You're talking about my last what? night, my friend. <laughs> Well, apparently you can't do that anymore without getting suspended. Yeah, this is almost, almost a local kind of thing. Uh, As it turns out, I can find the article here. Down in Cincinnati, a first grader was suspended from school after pretending to be a Power Ranger during recess. Let that sink in for a minute. Yeah, think about that. Kid was pretending to be a Power Ranger, a very popular show, and was suspended for... Three days. Kid's six years old. First grader. First grader. If you went to any playground during the 90s, there'd be at least 10 or 15 kids jumping around punching the air. Oh, yeah. Um, What are you talking about? We would grab sticks and sword fight. (laughs) We would have gotten in trouble for that. Uh, That's why we did it in the back where the teachers weren't weren't watching. (laughs) So the the mother of this child, her name is Martha Mealy, says um, she asked the principal, is this really necessary? Does this really need to be a three-day suspension under the circumstances that he was playing and he's six years old? And the pres- it wasn't like he was punching other people. No, he was punching the air from, from the way this article reads. The principal's uh, letter home to the parents said, I have no tolerance for any real, pretend, or imitated violence. The punishment is an out-of-school suspension. The end, period. That's it. Wow. That's harsh. Can you believe, can you believe that? I remember... One Power Rangers came out when I was that when I was well I was a little older than that but about at the age when we were young and our imaginations were, were running wild and we were punching fake monsters in this in 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 the thin air like crazy yeah it's so it's just what kids do it's, yeah 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 
I mean, they still make toy weapons for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, I would understand if you made a fake gun, because I know they're nuts about... They're nuts about those. The yeah. guns. If he, and, brought, if he brought... Because the the the, uh, um, the changer this year is a gun for Power Rangers. Power, yeah. Power Rangers Dino Charge, their, their uh, transformation device is a Nerf gun. Yeah. And, and while they go over the top with the fake gun thing, too... That is at least more understandable than punching the frickin' air. <laughs> yeah. And what's it teaching the kid about being creative, being imaginative? Yeah. It's saying, no, no, you can't do that. Everything must be very serious. You know what? At that point, get rid of re- recess. Yeah. I mean, what are they allowed to do if they're not allowed to run around and punch the air? Foursquare. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe not because if you get hit by the ball, you know, that's violence. Uh... And oh. playing kickball, if you're picked last, that, that teaches the kid to be... Um, you know, that, that hurts their self-esteem, so you can't do that. So what do you do? You stand. Stand, yeah. Stand quietly in the in the nice air. Although it's, not it, too nice because what if there's an allergen? <laughs> oh, man. I think we found your soapbox. You found you. <laughs> this article has really hit a nerve. <laughs> and, I mean, I can't talk about it much more be, without, you know, the topic of this show becoming... Becoming, you know, much more... What grinds my gears. Yeah, what grinds my gears. <laughs> no, really grinds but, my gears. Yeah. No, it, I mean, I get it. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. Not, You know, when I was a kid, we played live-action Mortal Kombat. I grabbed a kid by his shirt and pulled him and said, get over here. <laughs> Which and would the, be understandable would be... if you got in trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? I can't tell you how many times I got in real fights in school and nobody really got in trouble. It was, uh, don't do it again. <laughs> I had a kid split my lip open once on recess, oh, and wow. you know what? Slap on the wrist. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Now you can't even make handgun. I mean, just go like that and point at somebody. Nope. Not even go. Just point at somebody. Violence. Nope. Suspension. No tolerance. What's next? Are they going to outlaw high fives? <laughs> yeah. That's it's physical sla- it's slapping. It's physical peer on peer. I'm violence. sorry. I'm sorry that I killed all those skin cells. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. I hate today's it, world. Well, zero tolerance policies are bad to begin with. Just giving somebody the same punishment for different cr- crimes, different infractions is is ridiculous. It's yeah. not how the world works. No. There's And even even and even and... in the real world where some rules should be enforced, they're not. Yeah. Go to any workplace. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. It really, really is. Let's yeah. hit our, our last big one here, the gym movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you may have seen the trailer for that and not recognized it as a film about Jim and the Holograms, the 80s cartoon about a girl band. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they pulled it after two weeks. Yeah, not even. Not even two weeks. Yeah. Because it was garbage. Yeah. Dal, the... Do you think this is the end of the nostalgia films? What do you? No. What is, what is this going to do for the He-Man movie that's that they're working on? Oh, it's it's a boy property, so yeah, it'll, do it it'll again yeah. and again and again and again, uh, even if it doesn't work. Yeah, look at Transformers. Yeah, <laughs> there's still there are still more Transformers movies coming. Yeah, they've already said they are more coming. He-Man will work. I'll, you know what? We will probably see a Thundercats movie before we see any other, uh, like a strawberry shortcake. Yeah. Well, yeah, Hollywood will take this and be like, look at that. We tried it. We made something based on a a girl's property, a nostalgia-based, you know, female-centric show. Didn't work. Yep. I heard it only made $17,000 in its opening weekend. $17,000. It's a multi-million dollar movie that made $17,000 in theater. You know what? 
they they ruined the whole yeah premise. They, they didn't. Yeah, it wasn't they, Gem. They made a different movie and slapped the name on it, and yeah. everybody who saw the trailer realized that, and they didn't, didn't go, go see it. And the people who did go went, man, this really isn't good. Yeah, so. I mean, if it would have been, if they would have hit the source material, I would have been all about it. Yeah, I would have went and saw it. Sure, I would have too. But I saw that trailer, and I went, that's not Jim. That's not Jim. No, no, that's not at all. Just because you say uh, Synergy, it's Showtime, doesn't make it Jim in the hologram. But <laughs> she doesn't even say that. She did in the trailer. Synergy's a robot. I know. They just made a movie that is the same, the plot line that they were parodying in the Josie and the Pussycats movie. Yeah. And took it seriously. Yeah. Just bad. And the worst part is the uh, Misfits were an after credit stinger. What? Misfits weren't even in it. From what I understand, the Misfits weren't even in it. I mean, they cast Kesha as Pizzazz, the leader of the Misfits, (laughs) which is inspired casting. But I guess from what I understand, it was like a post credits. Yeah, and we'll never get you know another one because no. they'll be like, oh, we can't do that. No, sorry if you want the Shira movie, yeah. it's not happening. Well, this has been our soapbox. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> the world is a you know with 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 Mystery Science Theater three thousand coming back, the world's a bright place. And then you know dim things happen like getting suspended for playing Power Rangers uh, or how bad uh, a gem in the holograms movie can be. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, you can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com. You can also find us at Facebook if you like doing the clicky likes at facebook.com forward slash nerdoverload website. You can tweet at us at, at nerd underscore overload or pop us an email at staff at nerdoverload.com. And don't forget, you can actually listen to us when we actually air on WZMO at wzmofm.com. Their streaming is finally working, and we... Would love it if you would tune in and tell your friends who are listening out of area. Why not? I mean, you're listening now, so I'm assuming you're you can hear it. But <laughs> tell someone who is who isn't listening. And yeah, if, if you're so excited to hear the show that you don't want to wait for the podcast upload, then you can listen to it live. Exactly. There you go. At nine was it nine a.m. nine a.m. and, and ten no yeah, ten, ten a.m. and nine p.m. I always get them reversed too. Yeah, that is when our show is on. Yes. So, all right. Well, hey, thank you very much for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Peace out. This show was sponsored in part by MB Subculture Comics and Costumes. <laughs>